Hello friends and happy holidays. This is Grit and Glitter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the power of women's wrestling. My name is Harley Vasquez, one half of your co-hosts here. This week I'm flying solo because it's a busy time of year. We are less than a week away from Christmas. There's so much going on. Em's probably at the mall right now buying stuff for, yeah, probably buying stuff for me. If I had to guess, that's just my assumption. If, some, if anybody's busy this time of year, I'm like, oh, they're buying presents for me. Might be true. Instead, I'm here for one last podcast of the year here at Grid and Glitter headquarters before the big award show. Next week, the Glitter Bombs, our biggest show of the year, our year-end award. It's honoring the best in women's wrestling. You voted. We tied the votes. We invite a ton of friends, guests, special surprises to come by and announce all the winners and even some of the winners show up to accept their awards in person at the big ballroom that's next week this week we're taking a little bit of a chill one instead i'm joined by the adventuress lara frazier lara i've been wanting to have lara on the show for a while now lara has been tearing up the scene this year up in the bay area in california Wrestling for Full Queer, Wrestling for Hood Slam, different promotions. They also worked at Disney World and Disneyland for many years, which hits a real sweet spot in my Venn diagram of interests, wrestling at Disney. So I was really excited to be able to talk to Lara. We talked for about a full hour about Disney, like half of that is about Disney. So if you're not a Disney person, I apologize. It is what it is. We talked about Disney, we talked about Hurt Slam, their training at uh, Stoner U, about wrestling for the Lingerie Fighting Championship League, about Christmas, about birthdays, many, many other things. Lots of stuff. This was a really fun interview, so stick around, listen to that one, and be sure to come back next week for the biggest show of the year, our biggest episode all year the 2023 Glitter Bombs. But first, here is me and Lara Frazier. This week for our special final proper episode of the year here at Grid and Glitter. Next week is, of course, our big award show, the Glitter Bombs year-end award show, where we all dress up and go to a ballroom and uh, hire waiters, staff, all that nonsense. This week we're back at Grid and Glitter headquarters for the last Christmas episode of the year. I am joined by multi-time take team champion. QWI ranked um, Enchanted Tiki Room host of the year <laughs> and breaking news they don't know this yet 2023 Glitter Bomb finalist for future star Lara Frazier what? what? No way! As we record this there is still technically 26 and a half hours left in voting Things, things could change, but I don't think they're going to. Currently, yeah, you're up. You're up at the top of the future. Star. I can't 
I signed an NDA. I can't say if you're in first or not. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. You used to work for Disney. You know all about NDAs. Oh, yeah, totally, totally, 100%. But you are currently in contention, for sure, alongside Billy Starks, Julia Hart, and Johnny Robbie. Damn. That's a, damn. That's a category right there. Yeah, that is a category. Those are some, those are some talented femmes. Those are some people who made big waves in 2023 mm-hmm. and, as according to our voters, are expected to make even bigger waves in 2024. Yourself well, you included. I'll, I'll try. I'll try my hardest. <laughs> and you have to be somewhat relieved that 2023 is almost over. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Because, oof, I... Yeah. <laughs> Your apartment, okay, your apartment burned down. Yeah. Your car was broken into. Yeah. Uh, you had uh, multiple encounters with dickhead promoters. Yeah. Um, hosp- some hospital stays in there. Yeah. Um, uh, dog ran away, wife left, took the pickup truck, <laughs> black fly in your Chardonnay. Um, all of that. Rain on your wedding day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a year. Uh, yeah, but there were a lot of high highs too. You know, I uh, I won the Lucha Patron tag titles. My dear sci- rad scientist Darwin Finch, and then I also won the Intergalactic titles. There was a lot of good stuff going on wrestling wise, which was great. Was it was it enough to balance out? You're you're laughing, so I guess everything's okay in the end. I mean, I'm still alive, so you know that's better than the alternative. They they tried, they failed. They failed. Lara is still here. I am still here. I'm very stubborn. It requires a lot to get rid of me. You didn't debut for Hood Slam this year. That was last year, right? Yes. On technically on Halloween, as Scarlet Witch though, not as the um uh. Not as the Lara Frazier, I guess. Why am I putting a the in front of my name? Not as Lara Frazier. Um, not the the adventurous. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, but yeah, that wouldn't be until I think mid this year. I'm not sure though. Um, I'm trying to think. When did I do that? I know what my match was. My first Hood Slam match was. It was against Dark Sheik and Brittany Wonder and Richard Schneeri, and it was a lot of fun. Your first match being against the boss is a pretty big deal. Yeah, 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 it is a pretty big deal. Yeah, Dark Sheik's great. She's a great wrestler, and um, she's just really good to wrestle. She just has been doing it for so long, and she's just so good at it that she can just, like, make anyone look, you know, make any match just look amazing and thought out and cool. And Hood Sam's been around so long that she just... Her and Anton, everybody there, they, like all the people who have been there for a long length of time, mm-hmm. they know what it is. They've like figured out exactly like what it is, what works, what yeah. what they like, what what its identity is. So many promotions struggle to figure out what their identity is. Even the you know people, I see people online every day talking about that with even AEW. Like, are they this? Are they that? They don't. I don't know what what they are. It's like Hood Slam. Mm-hmm. You watch one or two shows, you're like, I know what this is. And yeah. most people, I know what this is, and I love it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, most people would taste, yes. <laughs> yeah, and you won. So you won your first Hood Slam match this year, and then you became one part of uh, one third of the tree, of the Take Champs. Yes, yes, one third. Yeah, because uh, um, Matt Carlos had a lot of ninety '90s related shenanigans to get up to. <laughs> At least that's what Joe kept saying uh, on the mic, and. Um, yeah, uh, I helped retain their titles and get booking rights to FTF, which was fun. And then lost on your own show. Yeah, I know. All because I got kicked in the face by the, those two silly gooses. The irony of you, of all people, getting kicked. I know, right? What the heck? Way to steal my shit. Well, that's not really. I, Joe's been throwing super kicks for a while. Hood Slam is like one of your main promotions now. It's not like, but you'd say Full Queer is like your home promotion? I would say, yeah. I mean, I don't really, <laughs> this is going to sound kind of sad. I would say like maybe Stoner U, probably like the Stoner U Dodo shows if we're really going like home promotion. Um, but like, I, you know, Stoner U didn't run Dojo shows for a really long time after they left the Victory Warehouse. Uh and, you know, during the pandemic, I didn't really have anywhere to debut um, because, you know, Hood Slam was only running every so often and Stoner U wasn't doing dojo shows. So there was really nowhere for me to, like, go uh, except for, like, <laughs> Bellingham, Washington, where at 5CC, where they decided to debut me, thank God. Um, and, yeah, it's it's been crazy ever since. How does Hood Slam differ from other promotions as a performer? A lot of the audience isn't necessarily, like, there as wrestling fans. Like, there are definitely wrestling fans that are there. Like, there's people that I see there that I've seen at other wrestling shows that are definitely fans of wrestling. And they'll definitely, there's, like, some fans that'll show up when, like, certain people are on the card. And it's like, okay, those are wrestling fans. Um, But, like, most people are there just for, like, hood slam, like, that's like, you know, an Oakland attraction, you know, um, like, you know, how Vegas has a ton of attractions or like Disneyland, like that's kind of what, you know, is an attraction for Oakland, I think, in my humble opinion, is Hood Slam. Um, and people are just there to like see wrestling and, you know, zany comic book stuff happening and just like crazy characters and crazy storylines and it's just it's it's just escapism you know people it's it's hard it's hard living in the bay area it's very expensive so it's nice to just come and cut loose and just like watch a bunch of like a lot of you know mexican werewolf beat the shit out of a guy who you know rips the hearts out of people you know it's 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 art it's art and it's highest form obviously <laughs> Yeah, the Stoner Brothers are basically the Oakland version of Siegfried and Lori. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. You, you get it. You get it. Yeah, and Funny Bone is David Copperfield? Mm. <laughs> I guess. Totally. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm here. I'm here for this. I, I'm not familiar with Oakland. I've been to San Diego. I've been to L.A. Um, not really the Oakland area. Are there a lot of other like promotions around in the vicinity? Uh, not necessarily in Oakland. Like there'll be promotions that'll come to Oakland and run shows, but um, I would say as far as like 
unless you count like the Stoner U Dojo shows, those are really the only like shows that are there in the city of Oakland. There's also Oasis in Berkeley, which is like literally the next town over. Um, Full Queer sometimes runs in San Francisco and Richmond. So there's like wrestling within the East Bay, but it's not like, you know, it's in different cities, which in the Bay Area, like there are so many cities like it's you can. Yeah, you're constantly in a different like I, you know, I live in Oakland, but like I work in San Ramon and there was a time where like I lived in a completely different town from Oakland and then I worked in a completely different town and I went to training in Oakland for wrestling. So it's like in the Bay area, you're never in like the same city for more than like a couple hours sometimes. I know you did ballet for what, eight years or so? Mm -hmm. Uh, that sounds right. (laughs) What did you do other sports, other athletics at all when you were younger, when you were in high school? Um, not when I was in high school, in high school, I was mainly focused on dance and, um, theater, uh, and more so the arts, the most athletic thing I did was just like ballet, jazz, tap, hip hop, um, swing. Well, no, that wasn't until swing wasn't until college. Um, but yeah, stuff like that. Everybody swings in college. Everybody's swing. yeah, that's for sure. That is for sure. For me, it was specifically East coast swing, but yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like that translates to wrestling? Like, have you found, have you found wrestling to be more rhythmic for you or it's, you're, you, you're, it's easier for you to pick up and handle yourself on your feet because you've been doing that for so long? Certain things, yes. Certain things, no. A lot of things go against what I've been taught, but there are certain things like, you know, basically like there's some students who don't have an athletic background who like can't. You know, they start off and they can't even do like a front roll. Like I was able to get that those mechanics down pretty quickly. Um, But like when it came to like other stuff, it took a little longer. Um, So it really just like depends. I think it really depends on like what sport you do. But like it definitely helps to have somewhat of an athletic background. So like basic body mechanics are kind of easy to get down but like when it comes to like certain specific things like i can't really think of anything at the moment but it's a little harder it's a little harder i mean you spend years trying not to fall down and then you show up here and they're like okay now fall flat on your back yeah exactly yeah exactly especially in ballet like you know you're not supposed to (laughs) the ideal thing is you don't fall over (laughs) you know so your entry level to wrestling your main entry was the netflix series glow right yes correct what brought you to glow was it like you were a fan of allison brie or was it did you stumble across it um i think i was hearing people talk about it online and um because it was you know the age of netflix and i mean i mean it is still the age of streaming but yeah like uh people were watching it and I was like, oh, well, these people seem to like it. And I do like Alison Brie. I did like her in um, Community. And I think she's really talented and a great actress. Uh, she was also on an episode of Hannah Montana, which is dope. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, 
I was like, okay, cool. I'll watch this. And I don't know. I just really related to the story a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You see glow, you're watching it and you're like, yes, that's the dream. This show where the women are just getting brutalized and like not making any money and living in squalor and getting yelled at by Mark Maron. You're like, I want to do that. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's no different than what I was doing before. Like, I don't know, when it comes to, like, performing and, like, you know, dealing with that kind of stuff, like, it just, it doesn't change. It's just a different setting and a different demographic of people, you know, like, before, you know, I was getting yelled at by, like, old, like, ladies, you know, who were in theater and, you know, never did anything past, you know, doing this which isn't bad, you know, it's not bad to be a theater, you know, teacher, but yeah, they just, you know, it's no different from going from that to being yelled at by like some redneck, you know, it's, it's no different. (laughs) I'm just always fascinated with that moment, the moment where you say like, I want to do that, or I could do that because I've watched wrestling since I was like three years old and not Mm -hmm. once in my life did I, I, that moment never came to me. I never mm-hmm. had that moment where I was watching going, I could do that, or, like, I, I really want to do that. I just... And so it always fascinates me, especially for people who aren't... Who didn't take amateur wrestling in high school, or who weren't taking Muay Thai or Jiu-Jitsu mm-hmm. or something growing up. Those people, I'm like, okay, I guess I understand. You're always kind of sportive. You always like fighting with people. Me, I Like, I failed grade 9 gym. So <laughs> that moment never came for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't great at gym either. I don't think Becky Lynch was either. But yeah, um, for me, uh, I think what made me think I would could do that is because I have somewhat of an athletic program background. Like I know the D- a lot of the divas were like models and cheerleaders and like, you know, they came from that sort of background. And it's like, well, you know, if all these like dancer chicks who did like cheerleading who were like laker girls and shit if they can do it i can do it you know like it's okay okay you know (laughs) it just made sense in my head i don't know maybe i'm just like really cocky i don't know (laughs) so you bump around from uh from a couple different training schools you end up at stoner u which again like of all the schools in the country (laughs) of all the teachers in the country for that to be the place you wind up is somewhat kismet somewhat like what Mm -hmm. a great what a great learning what a great place to learn yeah for real they really love wrestling the twins uh the stoner brothers and anton Voorhees. they all really love wrestling they all really get wrestling you know from a very psychological perspective and also a physical perspective. And they just, they just understand that inside and out. And it's crazy just like how good and how athletic and how like, just so they just, they just understand it so much like inside and out. It's, it's insane. Like, I'm like, Oh God, I hope I can have like a fraction of this understanding of wrestling. (laughs) Because you'd only been, you had only really been a wrestling fan for a couple of years at that point too, right? When yeah, you started training. Yeah. Yeah. These guys have been fans since they were like children, definitely. So 
that also probably helps. But like, I don't know, like I know people who've probably been watching wrestling as long as them. And I don't feel like I have that same understanding. Um, but that's just like. But you've you know. seen more matches from Zora the Destroyer than you had from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Probably. That's yeah. I did, I did start watching more though. Like I've watched, you know, WrestleMania 17 and all that. And, um, you know, I got my friend to really like show me all the classic moments, like, you know, Undertaker throwing Mick Foley off the top of the Hell in Cell, all that, all that stuff. I got him to show me all that. So I was familiar with it. I didn't experience it in the moment, but you know, it, it, it still can hit the same way, you know, seeing, chain link going through the skin of Mick Foley like that's 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 still gonna affect a person that's timeless yeah yeah early into your ed- your education so to speak were there certain people who stuck with you or who like really jumped out to you and you went that that's my person that's my guy or gal or whomever probably Charlotte Flair definitely stuck out to me at first I I watched the NXT for horsewomen collection back when the WWE network still exists and I also watched the uh, Trish Stratus and Lita one also um, which led me to Victoria which got me on Victoria I really think Victoria is super rad and underrated um, but yeah anyway back to the initial rabbit hole I watched and I don't know I just thought Charlotte Flair was really athletic and I thought she had a really good presence and yeah I just thought she was really cool I don't know there's something funny about you going from working at Disneyland to a couple years later wrestling for Hood Slam because on paper they seem like complete opposites yeah I mean you know I used to before I worked at Disneyland I used to attend a lot of rock concerts and consume a lot of alcohol so you know going from that to disney was a jump and then going from disney to hood slam was kind of like i guess not a step back but like dipping back into what i think working for disney was a lot more unnatural for me to be perfectly honest than pro wrestling it just i think like i don't know like i couldn't be an outspoken kick thrower at uh, Disney. But I could, you know, when I was, you know, attending rock concerts and, you know, participating in circle pits. Um, and I can now. But, like, at Disney, like, they, did, they just don't like it when you point out that, you know, maybe Disney sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they should pay their employees more money to live off of I could go on a rant but yeah like I don't know I feel like people are more encouraging of me you know speaking out and being like hey that's not cool and people are like yeah heck yeah you do that and I'm like okay this feels more comfortable well and on paper they seem like polar opposites because the target demographic obviously mm-hmm. is Hood Sam's one of the least kid-friendly promotions around <laughs> no way <laughs> But, you know, both like big, colorful characters, a lot of humor, a lot of life and death stakes, some uh, some musical numbers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. Serial Man could easily fit into a lot of Disney shorts. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. It would be rad to see. I'd love to see Goofy in a hood slam ring. 
Oh yeah, that would be rad. That would be rad. I think we've had Mary Poppins. I'm trying to think of other Disney characters we've had. I know we've had Mary Poppins. Oh damn, there's just been so many, and I haven't been around for as long as Hood Slam has is existed. So there could be a ton of Disney characters that I'm just missing. That like every Hood Slammer that's possibly listening to this is screaming at me right now, being like, "Remember when we did this?" Or you don't, you weren't around when we did this. <laughs> but yeah. So let's. I am. I am a big, huge Disney fan, and I am. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a Disney adult because I don't own like. I don't own mouse ears. I don't have any of the figurines or anything, but I do have all the movies on DVD, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Were you a Disney fan when you started working at the parks, or was it just a job? Kind of. I like like when I was a kid growing up, my family was super into it. We used to go to Disney every summer. But then we kind of like stopped because it got really expensive and uh, we couldn't afford that anymore. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I watched the movies. I had like the VHSs growing up. If I'm dating myself, sorry. (laughs) Um, And uh, I enjoyed it. Like it wasn't something that was like a constant in my life. Like I think some other people. But like, yeah, I I looked at it more as like a because I did theater and dance so I looked at it more from that perspective of oh this could be a great place to work as you know someone who's a performer um rather than like yeah I like Disney as a company so I'm gonna work here uh it was more from the perspective of I'm a performer if anyone knows entertainment it's the Disney company so yeah that's that's the logic I came at it and I ended up having a gaining an appreciation for the company working for them but yeah, that it yeah, it was more from the performer's perspective. Yeah, so you applied specifically to be a performer. You yeah. you said to them straight up, I don't want to work in the gift shop, I don't wanna be running the magic teacups, I wanna I wanna act. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's what I said in my college program interview. Unfortunately the uh auditions for entertainment passed by the time I was did my college program interview, but they were like, We'll put you in attractions, you know, there's some attractions that require some performance and I was like cool Jungle Cruise did not cross my mind at all and when I got Adventureland attractions I was like oh cool or it was Adventureland Liberty Square attractions I'm like oh cool maybe they'll put me in Haunted Mansion and I can act all spooky that's perfect for me and then they were like Jungle Cruise and I was like wait that's even more perfect I'm that's that's amazing that's the best that's the best choice ever for me they made a good decision (laughs) how how much of this is the real non kayfabe you are you an adventurer do you do you like to rough in the in the great outdoors go camping go hiking all that sort of thing when i was a kid i did it a lot like we would my family would go camping a lot with other you know family members and like my dad loved backpacking and we would do daddy daughter backpacking trips but like i don't know for some reason as i got older like i guess there just wasn't enough time to do it anymore or I'm not really sure what happened or if like money was a factor or whatever, but we just didn't do it as much. But yeah, I, I did enjoy it when I was a kid. Um, I would love to do it more. It's just, you know, I'm not with my job and with like wrestling and stuff. I just don't really have the opportunities to travel. And when I was working at Disney, it was the same thing. Like it just, I didn't have the means to like travel and do that kind of stuff. But uh, if I could, I totally would. <laughs> Have you ever been to the jungle? 
Um, technically, the Jungle Cruise technically is a real jungle um, because the ecosystem of how they did the plants, they like have the big tall plants to trap the humidity and like the plants underneath, that's how those plants are able to survive because the humidity is trapped in the plants. So it, check, and it checks like, all the boxes. Yeah. And there's all the, there's, there's wildlife, you know, there's, we, there's this, in the Jungle Cruise ride, we have an island called Spider Island because there are some very scary spiders on that island. <laughs> Did you, you worked at Disney World and Disneyland? Yes. Uh, I started my college program in 2012 at Disney World. I wanted to do it at Disneyland just to be in LA, you know, as an actor. But they were like, we need people at Disney World because it's bigger and there's way more ground to cover. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll go there. And yes, it was bigger and there was more ground to cover. Um, and I worked there and it was a lot of fun. And I came back and then I moved to Southern California from Northern California. And I worked at Disneyland and um, I worked there for a few years. I tried to like kind of move within the company, but again, it just wasn't for me. Uh, it requires a lot of socializing and I'm not a very social person. <laughs> and they just told you essentially, or they said like, we have, a, we have a position open. It's the skipper on the jungle cruise ride if you want it. Or did they, did they give you options? Did they say there are other fields as well they said we can put you in attractions and i was like sure i didn't know what attraction until i was on property and i was going through orientation they handed you that and they were like <laughs> you're in attractions and then the next day they were like you're at jungle cruise and i was like perfect so yeah it was it was suspenseful people were like wait what attraction are you going to be working and i'm like i don't know and i got there and they're like, what? It, oh, wait, where are you working? And I'm like, Adventureland, Liberty Square. And they were like, which what, which attraction? I'm like, I don't know. And then the next day they were like, you're a Jungle Cruise skipper. And I was like, perfect. I'm going to call my mom. Sorry if this is turning into half Disney and uh, we steered away from wrestling. But I have so many questions. It's totally fine. It's, it happens. <laughs> so, I mean, that was the same, that was the same situation for me uh, when I started at Walmart at age 17. Oh, okay. They said, uh, congrats, you're going to work in the hardware department now. And the next day, I'm standing behind the desk and people are coming up and asking me what screws they should be buying to hang pictures and what the differences between this drill and this drill. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm 17 yeah. and I've never done any home repairs in my life. <laughs> yeah, thankfully, thankfully, they gave us like a week of training at Jungle Cruise. And so we weren't like thrown to the wolves. But yeah. Yeah, because you have a whole I, I confession. I just went to Disneyland last year for the first time for my honeymoon, okay. and uh, we did the Jungle Cruise ride, and the uh, pay system was broken. She had to scream the whole time. Oh no! I hated it when that happened. I always hate it when that happened because no one, not everyone, can hear you because it's freaking loud in there. <laughs> I know. There's hippos. There's all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But it's one of the more complicated performance roles there i'm guessing because you have a script and you have things going off on your left and things going off on your right you have to time what you say yeah. to certain parts of the things whereas mm -hmm. you know by comparison the dude in the jafar costume he just walks around and just like poses for photos yeah yeah you would think there would be a more extensive like audition process for it but no <laughs> no 
They just hire people off the street for that. And uh, you either do really good at it or you don't. And you learn another attraction and you're there most of the time. (laughs) Does that happen? Like you get audited by people who come by and they say, you know what, maybe we'll put you in the, the, the ice cream store. No, it's just, it's more so just like they're at the attraction and they don't have fun because they're not, you know, a performer and it's exhausting, you know, it's exhausting ride to work. You know, it's not, it's considered an operation. Like the skipper is a ride operator role. So, you know, sometimes you're in a position for a very long time and sometimes that position is in the boat talking to people for an hour and a half. And it's exhausting. And some people just, you know, can't handle, which is totally fine. They would rather not handle that um, and deal with that. So they, you know, they end up getting cross-trained at another Adventureland attraction like Indiana Jones. Or um, at the time, uh, Big Thunder Mountain was also attached, but that's not it anymore. But Or like uh, the Disneyland Railroad, they would learn that too. Like I knew, I also worked at Indiana Jones occasionally um and the disneyland railroad as a conductor but um yeah i mostly was at jungle cruise because it was just more my vibe it just depends on your vibe you know whatever ride you work uh or attraction it's really based on like what you personally enjoy doing like do you enjoy fast pace do you enjoy like medium pace do you enjoy talking in performing do you enjoy just you know socializing like whatever your vibe is there's probably an attraction for you and then they went and they made a jungle cruise movie yeah starring a wrestler yeah and they didn't even ask you i know right what the fuck (laughs) i haven't seen it it's on it's i have a bookmark on disney plus maybe one day but i can't say i i i'm not i'm not rushing out to see any rock movie honestly (laughs) Yeah, well, I thought it was fun. I liked it as a skipper and, you know, as someone who likes The Rock, and I I enjoyed it. It felt true to life, true to your yeah. experiences. No, there is, okay, <laughs> there is actually a scene, one scene that is very true to life, and it's, like, towards the beginning when we're first introduced to The Rock's character, and he's doing his Jungle Cruise, and it's like, oh, my God. You know, it starts out with the audience, like the crowd that he's talking to and telling jokes to just staring at him like blankly or like scowling at him kind of. And then he keeps telling jokes and they start booing him. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was my life. Oh, my God. It was it was very it was very real, real, real stuff. So you did that. You also were the host of the Enchanted Tiki Room. Classic. Love it. I woke up Jose a lot. Ah, yeah, that was fun. Sometimes, sometimes I would outsource waking up Jose to, you know, if there would be a lot of people who would ask, uh, because someone posted it on BuzzFeed and it was the thing that people would ask for when they came in. Like, oh, God, I want a Jungle Cruise map. Do I actually like the Jungle Cruise? I don't know, but I want the free map. Or and then it was like, oh, my God, I want to wake up Jose. So, you know, I would outsource waking up Jose sometimes. But, you know, I also enjoy waking up Jose. Let one of the kids do it while you enjoy a Dole Whip. 
Yeah, you know, so, sometimes that it's it'd be like that sometimes because sometimes, you know, the lead from the, you know, Dole Whip stand is feeling nice and is like, here's some free Dole Whip. As a patron, what's your favorite ride? I would say probably a Big Thunder Mountain or Space Mountain. One of the mountains. I don't remember. I don't remember if we did Big Thunder Mountain or not. Might have been a oh, long. dude, it's the wildest ride in the wilderness. We did Space Mountain. I got scared in the sense of I'm I'm like six one, and I kept oh, thinking shit. I was going to get beheaded. Yeah, you'll probably be scared of Big Thunder Mountain for the same exact reason. <laughs> yeah, because Space Mountain does the corkscrew, and every time we would go down like a level, it looks oh, yeah. like your head's going to hit a beam. That yeah, was what was scaring me more than anything. That's the same. You will probably have the same fear on Big Thunder Mountain because, fun fact, someone did hit their head very hard on Big Thunder. They fixed it. That person was standing. They shouldn't have been standing. Okay, yeah. I am, I'm a good two-shoes. I follow the rules. Good. Because <laughs> if you For that stand... Reason. Yeah, exactly. You'll die. Don't do it. Just remain seated. We say it for a reason. We don't say it to be kill the buzz. We say it to keep the buzz going. Because nothing kills the buzz more than someone getting killed. Cause of death? Big thunder. <laughs> yeah, that happened. People ask about it. It's very awkward. I'm just like, I don't know anything about that. I don't know what you're talking about. Never heard anyone brought that up. Yeah, I just basically gaslight the guest until they feel ashamed for asking me. <laughs> he suffered the biggest thunder of them all. Okay, more Disney questions. If you could have played a character in the park, which one would you have wanted to be? You've been Scarlet Witch in Hood Slam. Would you want to do uh, one of the Marvel people at the Avengers uh, campus? A princess? That would be really dead. Probably, probably uh, either... Uh, probably Carol Danvers... I think Carol Danvers would be fun. Um, but Belle would be cool. I think also Megara, even though she doesn't come out that often. But what would really be rad is being a villain, like the Evil Queen or Cruella DeVille or like one of the ugly stepsisters. I think that would be really fun. <laughs> Do they have all those characters? Like all those outfits in the wardrobe department? Yeah, they have all kinds of outfits in the wardrobe department. Um, for a while, they were having like a, I think that I was at the tail end of it, or I came in just after it as an employee, but they had like, you know, long lost friends and they had like meet and greets with characters that like, you know, were like big like years ago, but like kind of like, you know, went out of popularity, but they brought them back just as like a, like a, creative thing to get people to come into the parks that are like super fans um also on halloween they'll have like a lot more villain meet and greets um yeah it, and they've only bumped it up more and more and more it seems with every year yeah because they've got a hundred years worth of characters to pull from now they sure right? do like, I'm, I'm a 90s kid so i get to finally go to disneyland for the first time in my life after like having all the vhs tapes as a kid and I'm pumped to see the Aladdin stuff, the Muppet mm -hmm. stuff. And then I get there and I'm like, there's nothing. There's no Aladdin ride? Cars oh, gets an entire yeah. fucking village, but Aladdin doesn't get one single ride? Yeah, And the six-year-old yeah. six me is like crying inside. 
Oh no! At Walt Disney World, they have the magic carpet uh, dumb version of Dumbo. Uh. At, at Walt Disney World, they have like several different versions of Dumbo, and one of them is in the same damn park in Adventureland, and it's magic carpets with Aladdin. So if you want to ride a magic carpet like Aladdin, you got to go to Walt Disney World and Magic Kingdom. Only if I can ride with Jasmine. Uh, I think that that used to be an option. I. Think think maybe and i'm not sure i know riding the teacups with like alice and the mad hatter uh was a thing i don't know if it still is that's but that's like exclusive to like the full house kids and uh the warm yeah. cast all of them yeah 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 and they sometimes perform uh at the uh, coca-cola corner uh i don't know if they still do post-covid but uh, pre-COVID, they did when I worked there. Yeah, we saw Mary Poppins and uh, Dick marching around with the marching band. Tight, tight. And riding on the carousel. That was that was really cool. And then, oh, yeah, they do that, yeah. I saw Jafar. I saw Mark Ruffalo, the Mark Ruffalo robot. Oh, tight. <laughs> like the, it's, it's Hulk, but it's like a, yeah, it looks too much like Mark Ruffalo painted green. Oh, God, that's, that's, sounds terrifying. <laughs> No offense to Mark Ruffalo, very handsome man, just as a robot in the uncanny valley, that doesn't sound great. Your favorite animated movie? Mm, um, hmm, I would say Beauty and the Beast, probably. Yeah, first first one to be nominated for an Oscar, like Best Picture for a reason. You forget yeah. how good it is. You remember, yeah. like, oh, I like that one as a kid, and then you watch it as an adult, and you're like, this is a, it's like a solid movie. Yeah, it is a solid movie. I think that's the thing. Like, I don't think people understand with Disney movies is that they were made for entire families to enjoy, not just children. And I sound like a psychotic person trying to explain this to people. Like, I, you know, the Charlie Day meme where he has the yarn and the charts and he's going insane. Like, that's how I am. I'm like, no, it's it's family entertainment. Entire families are supposed to watch and enjoy these movies. It doesn't always work. <laughs> It sometimes has tonal dissonance every once in a while, but like when it does work, it's so fun. That was the thing. Like I, I'm sure a lot of it is rooted in nostalgia for me, but I remember when the new movie came out on VHS. You know, we'd go and we'd buy it that day, and we'd pull out the sofa bed, and me and my sisters, my parents, we'd like get under the covers, and we'd like watch the movie together. That was the thing. That was the, the tradition. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed and, to be. You know, for... like I, I'm white. We don't have a lot of cultural traditions. Yeah, that's that's fair. That is fair. That's true. I can relate. Can relate. And like, there's stuff that you definitely put on just to like have the kids watch and leave you alone for like an hour. Uh, and there's stuff that you sit down and watch with them. You know. Yeah, my sister would watch her Barney tape over and over yeah. and over, and nobody wanted any part of that. Yeah, because it was made for, you know, kids specifically, not, you know, but like there's, you know, there's different demographics. It's just hard to like realize that like some things are meant to be universally enjoyed. Um, I don't know. I think people try to like be like, no, it's only this type of person likes this type of thing. And I'm like, oh, that's such a narrow way to look at some stuff, <laughs> you know? Beauty and the Beast, definitely up there for me. Maybe top five, top ten for sure. I think, and, you know, 
got so many. It's going to change all the time. I think my number one currently might be Hercules. That, okay. It's, it's still kind of slept on. Megara is like that's that's animated, the thing, right? Is animated Lara. That's that's animated Lara right okay. there. Okay. <laughs> and to tell you, uh, you know, I'm not an obsessive stan. I have to look up and see 1997. I had to Google that. I was 12, so you know, come on. Megara is like the female lead when you're 12, where she's like sarcastic and like withering, and. Mm-hmm. she's like had relationships in the past and now her heart's all busted up and she like doesn't want yeah. doesn't want to get invested but all the gals are around her going come on are you kidding yeah <laughs> who do you think you're kidding <laughs> he's the earth and heavens to you something like that <laughs> it's a very it's very relatable i think for like older you know women who have like been through relationships and, you know, not so much like trying to perpetuate the whole fairy tale situation. Um, you know, it, it spoke, it was like a different story. Like, that's what I liked about a lot of the princesses in the Disney Renaissance. Or like, I know Megara is not a princess, but like, you know, the heroines um, of the Disney Renaissance, they all kind of had like different backgrounds, and different stories. I feel like a lot of the princesses now kind of are like, I'm quirky and here's why. You know what I mean? Like. Which there's nothing wrong with being quirky. Um, I'm quite the quirky fan myself, but like, it it it's I don't feel like there's enough of their own story. You know what I mean? Go the distance. One of the last great like real like Disney anthems from one of these oh, yeah. movies. You know, they mm-hmm. followed it up with like Tarzan. Yeah, Phil Collins had like some good ones on there, but it was different, right? It was more like a yeah, like n- more like a non-Disney film because the characters weren't seeing it. It was just like yeah, it was just a song in a movie. Yeah, there's like a YouTuber. I think it was Sideways. I'm not sure that talks about how like the music doesn't have the same impact because the characters aren't really singing the songs. It's just Phil Collins, and you're hearing it. And don't get me wrong, he wrote some bangers for that soundtrack, but it's just it doesn't hit the same because it's not coming from the characters' mouths. Yeah, it would have been so much better if Turk was singing it. Yeah, I mean, she kind of, she scatted, <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell scatted for that one scene in the camp. This leads us into my last Disney question. All the animated movies, Snow White up to Wish, I haven't seen Wish yet. I haven't either, I'm kind of scared too, because I've heard, I've heard things. I'm sure it'll be okay, <laughs> which is how I felt about the last, like, five of them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's fine. I thought Encanto was like a bop. Oh. True. It felt it started to feel a little coming after Turning Red and coming after some of these other ones, and I started to be like, okay, I, I yeah, get it. <laughs> I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. Yeah, no, it it like as much as I really like Mirabelle, uh, she does fall under what I said of the Disney heroines being um quirky. <laughs> lately which again isn't like inherently bad it's just like okay can we all develop our own personalities please like her and kamala khan are basically the same character just in different universes yeah yeah kind of yeah uh so start to finish 100 however many years favorite song oh god um Reflection from Mulan. Oh, big Christina Aguilera fan, are we? 
<laughs> more so, I don't know, just to get sappy for, for a moment. But, you know, as a non-binary person, I mean, I didn't really realize it at the time, but like, I kind of, I kind of, I very much related to that struggle of like, not quite fitting femininity in the way that like people wanted and realizing now what my identity is it makes a lot more sense and it's it's just it's got an emotional feeling okay it's it's very emotional plus i'm a sucker for i want songs i just it's my favorite it's my favorite musical trope yeah that's fair i hadn't i hadn't thought of that reading of there there are the memes going around of like um is it shang the the male lead yes i believe so yeah. yeah, of like there, there is that there is that layer to it where it's like he's clearly feels something for Ping. Oh and, yeah, he's bisexual as fuck. And then bisexual and then when he icon. finds out Ping is, uh, or maybe I don't know because then when he find uh, you know again the the reading is like as soon as he finds out Ping is a woman he's like get the hell out of here. Well <laughs> yeah because it was illegal. Yeah, he it was felt illegal. lied to. You know. So there was the stupid, yeah, patriarchal, it was illegal, but then she saved all of China and it's like, okay, yeah, you are cute though. Yeah, I guess, for chick. Yeah, for chick. You know, he, you know, he liked her personality. Do. I think what Disney was going for was he liked her personality, but it it's he's bisexual now. Sorry. Well, my favorite song, above all others, uh, I can say with confidence, Colors of the Wind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really like, uh, I would say my second favorite song is Just Around the River Bend, because yes. it is also an I Want song. And and the rhythm, like the way the way the song speeds up as yeah. she's singing it and everything, it just like gets you, gets you moving. It's pumped. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a very motivational song. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a huge, like, outdoors, environmental, love being out in the trees and the forest and all that, so Cozy Wind, like, just hits me every single time, especially the part where, like, again, the crescendo, the crescendo part where she goes up okay. to like, uh, how high, how does the sycamore grow? If we don't, oh, yeah, if we yeah, cut yeah. it down, but then we'll never know. Yeah. I'm just like, fuck, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like every rock and tree and creature has a life, has a spirit, has a name. It's like, yeah, yeah, really makes you think. That's the case in Hood Slam. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> every rock, every box of cereal has a name. Yeah. Every Mexican werewolf, every bunny that is addicted to cocaine. Um, you know, that's how it be. Okay. I think I said for my Disney questions, I'll DM you if I think of any more. I'm sure. Gotcha. <laughs> that's fair. Okay. We talked you you worked at Disney, you wrestled for Hood Slam, you wrestled for full queer. You've also wrestled for the LFC. Yeah. I guess. I sorry, I haven't I haven't seen these matches of yours. I apologize. I'm not I'm not up on my LFC. It was only one. Um I still have yet to go back. Um I have I don't, tried talking them. But yeah. No, yeah. go ahead, sorry. I don't bring I don't bring it up to like I don't bring it up in an insulting way or to mock you or anything because like, I'm no. fascinated by the existence of this in the first place. I don't really know anything about them, but just doing a quick overview of their website, they run a ton of events. They have mm-hmm. a ton of things. They have 
regular wrestlers like Vita Von Starr and Katie Forbes on the roster. Mm-hmm. So how did you get how did you get that one match there? And yeah, just, just tell me everything because I'm fascinated to know like what it what it's like. Is everybody on the roster have wrestling training, or are they predominantly models like the old WWE divas, or are they predominantly do they have like loose MMA training? What's the it's like a variety. Um, I was approached on Instagram by them and I talked to a couple of other people who I knew were, you know, in the business who had like worked for glam, like uh, Danica De La Rouge um, and all that. And they're like, Oh yeah, no, it's good money. Uh, you know, the girls are really cool. Um, you know, it's a really cool experience. You should definitely, you know, try it out. Um, and so I was like, okay. It's safe. Um, it's reputable. They like. Yeah. It's yeah. it's not some dude in his garage being like, hey, come wrestle in your underwear for me. Yeah. No. Thank goodness, no. There were definitely people that I respect as wrestlers who have wrestled for them before, um, and people that I didn't know who come from all different kinds of backgrounds. Some of them have like grappling, Muay Thai. Uh, you know, that kind of background and may training and some girls, they're literally, they, they were models and they trained like the week before and they worked out, you know, what to do and bam, you know, <laughs> they're, they're there, they're doing it. And crowds like decent size. Um, when I was compared there, to like an indie right... wrestling event. The, yeah, it was like pretty much your average indie wrestling event and when i was there it was like just after the pandemic was like starting to like calm down but like people were like still wearing masks in public and stuff um except like maybe outdoors so it was probably harder to get people to come in but uh it was it was a decent sized crowd um very quiet very polite and a you know for a wrestling show and it's like um you can you can cheer it's fine there are some people that did but like yeah, it, they were very quiet. <laughs> but they're like on their best behavior because they don't want to be cat yeah. call, be catcalling or being like coming across maybe. as obscene. Maybe I that's what I was thinking. Like maybe they just don't really understand what where they're at and they just like don't want to be like Jerry Lawler like back in the nineties, like you know, back in the attitude era. Just screen puppies every two seconds. Yeah, they just didn't want to be like that, which is weird because I'll get that even more at like a regular wrestling event when I'm like, you know, much more covered up um, and there'll be people saying weird, obscene shit. I I used to do go-go dancing back in college and I got way worse comments than I ever did working LFC. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. It's a, it was the only event I worked. Maybe it's a unique situation in that event, but yeah. Is it literally just go out and do like standard wrestling and you just happen to be in lingerie or do they encourage you to like sexy it up and like, you know, do they want you to like cat fight more to spank each other, things like that? Um, I couldn't, I can't speak for the other girls. Um, although I'm sure some of them probably add that to it of their own free will, just because some girls come from like that session wrestling, like, you know, kind of background, which, you know, nothing wrong with that. Um, performing is performing. Um, and, uh, 
but for me it was more like it was kind of like made into three different rounds and you would go to your time each round um and the winner was made by decision um which is apparently actually scored by judges they're also in their underwear correct <laughs> no they're they're enclosed <laughs> oh, that seems that's how and how can we take their opinion seriously true true that's fair that's fair we're dressed for the part damn it okay <laughs> dress for the job you want yeah um so yeah it and it was it was for us it was more like let's make this like a wrestling match so there wasn't a whole lot of like be hot in my instance in my experience it could be different for other people depending on their background but for me it was more like you do your cool wrestling shit yeah you have rounds and judges so it's really more of like an roh pure rules match kind of i guess yeah yeah you could say that okay well if uh if zach saber jr and josh woods you know they need they need a side gig they're already trained yeah no that would be pretty rad um to see them work that style maybe not necessarily like you know lingerie or maybe if they want to i don't give a fuck um but, you know, it would be interesting because it's like it's very like MMA mixed with pro wrestling. So it's kind of shooty, but kind of not. So it'd be really interesting to see, like, you know, wrestlers of that skill set and of that talent kind of work in that kind of situation where it's like kind of shooty, kind of not. Which I guess like pro wrestling is kind of shooty, kind of not. But this is more like, you know, like grappling MMA type shit. This is our Christmas week episode going into the end of the year what's christmas like for you is it is it meaningful was it meaningful growing up honestly uh the narcissist in me kind of doesn't like christmas because uh my birthday is um 11 days before and people tend to forget about my birthday because of it (laughs) so i'm like okay my birthday is just blown past like thankfully as a child i didn't really experience that um, cause my parents were usually pretty good about acknowledging both my Christmas and my birthday, but as I got became an adult, I realized people really do not have time for both. They will prioritize Christmas and it's like, cool, Lauren, you're here too. Hi, we'll have a small gathering for your birthday. Or if you want to like gather, make a dinner for yourself, it's like, okay, you can do that. <laughs> it's, it sounds sad cause it is. <laughs> Although, at least I wasn't born on Christmas. That would have sucked a lot. Are you December 14th? Yep. That's my mom's birthday. Oh, hey, cool. Yeah. And, yeah, I see her sharing the, uh, she shares the memes on her Instagram stories about how everybody <laughs> just lumps her birthday in with Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, it was kind of like a smack in the face when I became an adult because my parents were so good about it. And then I realized, like, I was like, oh, you guys, you're complaining about nothing. And then I realized I was coming from a big place of privilege because as soon as I grew up, I was like, oh, damn, people are just too tired. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Well, it's and just, it sucks, it's too, because, like, you see, a, like, some cool toy comes out in February that you want. And it's like, I got nothing coming up. Nobody's buying that for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to wait until the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, I'm February, so it's it's better. But even still, like my friends are having pool parties and stuff, and I'm like, 
what can we do in Canada in February? <laughs> yeah, that's how I would feel a lot of the time. Like, I would have friends who had birthdays in the middle of the summer go to, like, Raging Waters, which is this, like, water park. And I'm like, I want to go to Raging Waters, but it's the middle of freaking December, which, like, yeah, you know, it isn't snowing here in California, but it's still too cold to go to a water park. So you resent Christmas and Jesus and Santa and all that <laughs> for um, taking over your birthday. But you'll yeah. do something. What's the plans for Christmas this year? Uh, probably just spending it with uh, my family. Um, I usually spend it with my family, except when I worked at Disney. I usually worked on Christmas. But thankfully, since I've moved back here to NorCal, um, I've been just spending it with my mom and her dog and my brother usually comes along um, and we usually spend it at my cousin Dana's house. Um, and yeah, it's a good time. It's very chill, very lax, very chill vibe. And what'd you ask for? <laughs> what did I ask for? I for think your I birthday asked... and Christmas. That, that, see, that's the flip side. You got a whole bunch of gifts incoming in the next week and a half. I do. I do. What did I ask for? I'm trying to remember again. I'm so lame. I asked for a, a portable phone charger to like charge my phone for like when I travel, when I go fly out to places and stuff. Like I just, I just need it. <laughs> yeah. Practical. Yeah. I was like, just give me practical stuff. I need like stuff to help with travel. Cause like I've been doing a lot of that, which is great. It's good. Definitely not complaining, but like, I definitely need water some... bottle, neck pillow. Yeah, I need to up my game. mask. Yeah, I need. I really need to up my game. My travel game. And then once your birthday, once Christmas is done and over with, it's 2024. You got a whole mm. brand new year coming. Are you a a manifester, a whiteboard person? Do you make goals? Do you try to will things into existence? Um, I just go, okay, uh, hopefully I can do this this year. That would be really cool. And, uh, I, you know, just keep, you know, trying to do what I can to like get my name out there through social media and through that kind of thing. Um, and hope, hope that, you know, people see it and go, that's cool. I like that. Come wrestle on our shows. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Or, you know, sometimes I'll email people. Uh, but yeah, I'm usually the type of person who's just like, okay, uh, I will do whatever in my power to make something happen if I want it to happen. Um, and yeah, but I usually don't, I'm not, I try not to be super pushy about it. <laughs> do you have promotions or states or certain wrestlers that, you know, are at the top of the list? Yeah, there's tons of places I would like to work. Uh, I would like to work on the East Coast because uh, I've somehow gained a following in the East Coast and they keep asking me to go over there. Um, <laughs> they keep asking me to go over there. And I'm like, oh, God, OK, I got to go over there because uh, they're getting really antsy and I got to go over there and wrestle or else I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, I would like to wrestle over on the East Coast. Uh, definitely in Chicago, because I hear Chicago is like the place to be for indie wrestling. Um, yeah, just all over. You know, I also like to wrestle in Mexico, Canada, 
um, and, you know, eventually make it overseas, maybe not in 2024, although it'd be cool if it could happen in 2024, but yeah, just, you know, all those, all those places. Yeah, I was about to say there aren't a lot of good places in Canada, but you're on the West Coast and you got NEW right up there. That They're probably the best promotion in Canada right now, outside of Femme Fatale in Montreal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those, those are the two big ones. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. what am I saying? Lufisto starting her own promotion next year. Oh, tight. The cool. Women's Wrestling Syndicate. Oh, yeah, I heard of that. Yes, I think I followed that on the gram. Yeah. Okay, there. I'm willing that to existence. I've never been to Quebec because it's like six-hour drive from where I am, and I don't drive. Trains, trains are expensive, but... You know, there we go. That's that's our mutual goal for next year is to get you booked in Montreal and then uh, I'll find a way there. Yeah, that would be tight. Yeah, the only place I've been to in Canada was Niagara Falls and Niagara on the lake. So it'd be cool to see more of Canada. <laughs> and just water tumbling over yeah. a rock wall. Yeah, exactly. And like a cute little town. The, Niagara on the lake is a cute ass town. Like, I know it's, like, supposed to be, it was made for tourists, but it's still cute. I think so. I haven't been there since I was, like, 10. Mm. I remember my parents tried to drag me into a wax museum, and I was terrified. I said, no, 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 I'm not going. <laughs> you know, fair. That's the big takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let me think. Any more Disney questions? <laughs> no, I think I'm good. Any more lines? No. Okay, I think that's it. Cool. That's our interview. Thank you so much for joining me for this uh, this nice Christmas. Uh, sorry, this nice birthday week episode <laughs> of Grit and Glitter. Thank you. I appreciate you Merry having birthday. me on. Thank you. Where can people find you online if they want to know all about the adventurous Laura Fraser? Pretty much everything is at Laura Fraser Kick, uh, Instagram, Twitter threads i'm not really on tiktok all too much i used to be but i need to get back on that again eventually hopefully when i don't have a you know nine to five yeah just everywhere is a lot of fresh cake especially instagram instagram is where i'm like the most active That's our show. As always, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Grit Glitter Pod every day until December 26th, next Tuesday. We are revealing the top five or four nominees in every category for the Glitter Bombs. The people that you chose as your favorite take team, the best baby face of the year, the outstanding looks, all of those people, we're revealing them every day so you can get excited and try to ponder amongst yourselves whom whom took the number one spot and then come back next week right here every tuesday wherever you get your podcast 6 a.m eastern standard time a brand new episode of grid and glitter next week our huge award show you don't want to miss that one i promise you it's going to be a ton of fun you can also support us on patreon if you want patreon.com slash gritglitterpod for one dollar a month you get a weekly newsletter and it just warms our heart to see another subscriber. Even if it's only a buck a month, even $12 a year, it just makes our day when we see that. But for $5 a month, you get a newsletter, 
you get the Grid and Glitter archive. Every Saturday we post an old episode of Grid and Glitter, which is out of date. You can't find it anywhere else. It's out of print. It's unavailable. We post these old episodes. We've got almost three full seasons of old episodes up there already, featuring tons of interviews with people like Billy Starks and Roxanne Perez, Shay McCoy, tons of other people. Real treasure trove in there. And then we take all your money. It covers our basic podcasting fees. And then whatever's left over, we use to sponsor events from promotions like Hoodslam, promotions like Enjoy Wrestling. So if you want to support us, that's how you can do it. We'll be taking that money. And in 2024, we'll be sponsoring more shows, more wrestlers, more promotions to give back in our way to these promotions that we love. That's what we do. That's the spirit of Christmas. And we embody it all year round here at Grid and Glitter. So thank you so much again for supporting us, for listening to us, for caring about us, for coming on the show and talking to us, the people who did come on the show and talk to us, for voting the Glitter Bombs, all of it. We could not do this without you, and it means the world to us. Merry Christmas. We'll see you next week.